Hello and welcome to the Hully Podcast. I'm your host, Grace, and I'm beyond excited to have you here today. At Hallelujah, my mission is to provide a space where you can grow in your faith, be encouraged, and gain an understanding of God's word. In our episode today, we're welcoming one of my sweet sisters from the other side of the world in Surrey, UK, onto the podcast. And we're going to be speaking about the topic of the prophetic. We caught up a couple of weeks ago just to chat about her book, her experience with the prophetic, and Dillis and I today are just going to chat about what the prophetic is, why it's important, what her experience has been, and the book that she has also written on the prophetic as well. So really looking forward to getting into this topic today, and a big welcome to Dillis Chi. Thank you so much for having me, Grace. I'm so excited about today's episode. Oh, my pleasure. So excited to have you here to chat about this topic. So first of all, can you give me a bit of an introduction to yourself? Who are you? Where are you from? And where did you grow up? Well, I am Dillis Chi and I am based in Surrey, United Kingdom. I was born in Cameroon um, and then we moved over. My mother got a job over here. So my entire family moved over here so many years ago. So um, we moved over here to the UK and it's just been such a blessing. Um, you know, I really came to walk with the Lord when I moved over here, even though as a child, when I was 10 years old, I gave my life to Christ um, because I went to a school that was um, a Christian faith school and they really brought us up in in that path. And so when I came over here, the Lord just captivated my heart even more. And it's just been an amazing journey. I lead a ministry called Eagles Arise Global, where we train um, apostles and prophets. We really train people to become who God has called them to be, particularly um, the topic that we're talking about today, the prophetic. We train prophets and leaders to grow in their ability to hear the Lord and to take that in the world, wherever they are, and to bring that impact of Jesus in very simple um, ways that transforms many lives around them, including their lives as well. So in a nutshell, that's who I am. I love that you've had that journey with God. And even for me, like I've had similar experience being able to, to grow in the prophetic or experience it fairly early on in my walk. And I love that you said the prophetic is for other people as well. And, you know, just to build up the body, but there are so many benefits for us as well in the prophetic. And even just that we can pour out into other people and that we ourselves also get to be edified and encouraged too. But for anyone who hasn't really maybe heard of the prophetic before, can you give a bit of an introduction into their prophetic so what is prophecy what does it mean and what is it used for prophecy it's a spiritual gift given to us by god and we see the transition from the old testament into the new testament when the word prophet and prophecy was first introduced according to the bible we see god using particular people particular vessels and um whom he would call the voice of God and and the, his voice is he would speak to us through other human being that he has set apart for that particular purpose. And we see, for example, Moses and we see people like Daniel and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And so it's it, it gives us an impression um about prophecy to be something that's like far fetched. It's like out there, it's for particular people, um, it's scary, it's really like 
all those things that would make people not want to really draw closer to it. But when we transition into the New Testament and we see from the book of Joel where he's prophesying about what was coming in the next dispensation of Jesus, Joel was talking about there's coming a time, and Peter quoted it in Acts chapter 2 as well, where Peter is saying, Acts chapter 2, verse 17 to 18, he said, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And so this was an introduction of what was getting ready to happen when Jesus came and and we see the the disciples being baptized with 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 the holy ghost and they began to move in the gift of spirit particularly speaking in tongues but in first corinthians as well chapter one chapter 14 verse 1 paul is really calling the people and 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 motivating them to desire the spiritual gift but paul said especially the gift of prophecy you know, in, in, in NIV of this verse that I've just quoted, the first line of that verse says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. I think prophecy, it's almost like one of God's love languages to us and to other people. It's very interesting how Paul started this line, this verse with, Follow the way of love. So for us to even move in the spiritual gates, and particularly prophecy, we must be intoxicated with the love of God and, and love for his people. You know, to even do miracles, you've got to be so engrossed and really rooted in the love of God. And 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 a lot of times, and, and we're going to probably get into this later, a lot of times people stay away from prophecy because they think it's going to hurt me. I don't want to hurt people and stuff like that. But it's really rooted. It's it's a love language. It's our love language. And when we have love for one another, we can't help but move out in this gift to bless people, to express that love of God to them, express our own heart towards them as well. And and you mentioned um something about, let me define um prophecy. Prophecy involves receiving messages, receiving prophetic words from God and communicating them to his people. It it involves divine insights, it involves revelations regarding the future, regarding God's will, regarding circumstances, events, um, God's heart for those events, and we speak them into those people's lives, into those circumstances, and it brings about radical change, it brings hope, it brings encouragement, it brings all these powerful encounters that we get when we really experience God himself. So I think prophecy is just such a must for all believers, really. Yeah, I love so much of what you said there. And I can definitely agree that even for my life, some of the ways that I've experienced prophecy early on was when someone would, and you know, we often talk about, I guess, someone giving you a a word in church and you're exactly right in saying that uh, prophecy is effectively a message from God that someone else could give us. Um, but yeah, we we can hear from God for ourselves, and and we can give we can give that to other people 
other people too. Like you said, it's it's always out of love that we that we give prophetic words um, words to, and it's yeah, it's certainly been very very impactful for 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 my life and so many key prophetic words that I've had have have really shaped, I guess the the direction that I've gone in life. It's given me so much hope and joy, and whether it could be ministry related. Um, even like prophetic words, and I don't know whether you've had any of these too, Dillis, but I've had prophetic words about like my my husband or, or the man that I would marry that I have stood on for so many years and it gives you just so much hope and joy and, yeah, it's, it's just the heart of God and then, you know, what he has for us being communicated in in prophecy. I love that prophecy always builds people up and it should always encourage and edify and just point people back to God as well. So yeah, it is it is sad unfortunately that sometimes that we we do see people who have been really hurt by the prophetic or maybe who completely stay away it, away from it because people have come into it without that foundation of love and and pointing people back to Jesus. And yeah, as you said that, because you're exactly right, because 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 2 says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. So it's exactly right that if if we don't have that foundation of God's love and and that is where we prophesy from it can be a total train wreck and I've seen so many people get hurt by it but I'd love to know I mean what's your experience been with a prophetic did you have any similar words growing up that shaped ministry or or even ones maybe about marriage one day what what does that look like for you in in the past Oh my goodness, I love, love everything that you've said, especially when you read First Corinthians 13. Oh my God, I was just like screaming on my seat that I can't scream. But it's so good, isn't it? Like, I think we just have to hear these things again and again. And some we know these verses, but when we hear it, we hear it from different angles all the time. And, and for me, prophecy has been majorly part of my life because I think it was a gift that was given to me when I was born. I was born with this gift. I was born with, I would say, with a gift of a very unique connection to God. You know, that's how I would see my own gift of prophecy because in essence, prophecy is really our deep connection with God. You know, you know one of the advantages of prophecy and one who prophesies and the one who received the prophecy is that it speaks to our relationship and our, in, our intimacy to God. It, the fact that I can prophesy, it's because I have taken time to cultivate a relationship with God. And the one that is listening to me, receiving the word, is experiencing and also receiving an invitation from God to that kind of relationship. And so I feel like I was born and it's taken me my entire life to understand this gift i was born with a unique connection to god that gave me the ability to to really access his presence his heart and his mind from and from that place i'm able to move in this gift and it's so natural to me i didn't even think they were gifts because i thought it was just who i am and i thought everybody was like this and so for the longest time and particularly even in leadership in the church 
I still thought a few years ago that everybody was born with this. So um, I've received incredible prophetic words about who I am, particularly about this gift. And just the fact that I even came to understand that I was born with it came to me from prophetic words given to me by people who didn't know me and have never met me before. And some of them have even never seen me. And so I've had prophecy on my ministry, on the work that I'm going to do with people, um, what I'm doing right now, equipping people, all was confirmed through prophecy. And the very first time that they gave me a word about even being a prophet, I, I argued because I never even like, I wasn't really familiar with prophetic ministry and someone calling me out, not even knowing me and telling me that you're going to be a prophet. And and one of them, you know, and I, I don't, you know, I was really blown away. I'm like, what is this? I don't understand, but God kept really working on my heart and revealing even that more and more from other people. And I was just so drawn. So I agree that prophecies would change the trajectory of our lives. It gives us, give us these directions and clarity and understanding on our part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then I suppose for anyone as well, um, because often, and maybe we can talk about it in a bit too, but I suppose the difference between maybe more so being able to prophesy versus more having the title of prophet that you would see some, some people have, especially I think often we can look to presidents or, or people who are in positions of power over a nation and often we'll see that they have prophetic voice uh, quite near to them who can say, um, for example, in US, I know that I think Donald Trump had a few prophetic voices or, or people uh, near him who, who would speak into his life and, and say, here's what we feel the Lord saying, whether it's for, for him, it's for the nation, and really just having that input from God as well and I love what you said, you know, where it's like prophecy kind of coming out of that place or or showing the intimacy that we have mm-hmm. with God. And, yeah, when we can cultivate that relationship with God from that place, he just wants to speak to us. And that can be personal, but it can also be in in that more, I suppose, uh, corporate or, or in that position of power, like we said, which is where you might, you know, start to get that differentiation. However, um, I mean, we, we know the Bible says it as well, but but how I just prophecy is, I just, I so believe it. It's God's heart for his children and he always wants to communicate with us as a loving father on earth does too. But how much more does God want to communicate and speak life and hope and encouragement to all of his children and for us just to to listen with such a keen ear for what he's saying in in his direction instead of maybe what we think our life should look like as well. But one question I do have for you, and I'll set it up with a, a verse of scripture as well, is in Ephesians 4.11 where we see that concept of the fivefold ministry, which is often where we get more the term uh, prophet uh, rather than being able to, to prophesy. So getting and, and giving a message of God. But Ephesians 4.11 says, it was he who gave some to be apostles, prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. So we see these five, I guess, key areas of the fivefold ministry that we often hear about. And the whole purpose of it is to prepare God's people for the works of the service, right? And build up the body so that we can all reach that unity in faith and knowledge of God. 
So for you, I mean, what is, can you, can you explain to people maybe the difference between being a prophet versus prophesying, which is something that we should all be doing? That's a really good question. And I think a lot of people get um, a bit stuck in the clarity of that. And so that verse, I, I believe it's speaking about leadership, you know, leadership at the offices. When we talk about the offices, we're talking about leadership. God was thinking about how do I install leaders that I anoint them and give them unctions so they can take care of the of the masses, of the believers, of the church. And so the office of a prophet is an office of leadership. You know, all of us lead in different capacities and we are all leaders in different capacities and dimensions. And so when we begin to step into the prophets of an of a prophet, our our dynamics begin to change from just prophesying. Now you have so much more responsibilities. You know, you have a responsibility of laying the foundation. You have the responsibility of making sure the doctrine is sound. And for me, one of the most important, you know, responsibility, which I love so much, is making sure that the body of Christ is growing and becoming like Jesus Christ. Because when we become, when we attain the image of, of Jesus, so many things will just fall in place. Do you get what I mean? Like... So I, I feel like that's the best responsibility of prophetic people when they begin. And some people will start up by having the prophetic gift. You start up by moving in the gift. And when you really grow in your discernment and you develop all the other skills and t- abilities and things that God has given you, now you move, he moves you into the office because he can trust you that you will hear him. And more so he can trust you that you carry his standards and you're going to lay that foundation for the rest of the people that are going to be looking up to you like they were looking up to Paul and Peter and all these people. So it's just, it's a distinction of leadership. And, and I'm just really simplifying it. Um, to, to, so, so that anybody else can really understand because sometimes we just make this thing so spiritual and so complex that people don't get it and we get lost in the translation. So I don't know if that helped. Let me know if you want me to say um, some more. Yeah, no, that definitely helps. And I think you're exactly right that it really does come down to that position of maybe more formal leadership is where is where we can see that title of, of prophet come in. Because you're absolutely right that in all our own ways, we're all called to be leaders. You know, we we all have friends, we have family around us, you have people at work and and you can lead people who are Christians and build them up. But you can also be leading people who aren't Christians just in the way that you carry yourself, the way that you do your life, that you share your faith, and that naturally leads the people around you. And I so believe that people, maybe even if they don't know why, they can just be so often drawn to Christians and just going, I know there's something different about these people. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I can often see maybe they're more trustworthy. They might be more noble. They just keep their word and and things like that. And really, as we do conform to the image of Christ, we should always be looking more like him and that just carries out in the way that we live and 
yeah, the way that just people people see us. And I think when we when we put that title of prophet onto it, I would just see that more as in a in a position of more formal leadership, um, potentially overall or in a church similar to what we have with a pastor who heads up a church, which is just a more uh, formal title. Right. You know, you know, we can all really have pastoral hearts, um, but pastors, pastor or or maybe more so cover the church in the sense of of shepherding them, a group of people more formally, taking taking care of them as well. So I guess I would see that uh, quite quite similar as well. But yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. If- if if I can also add to it, just listening to you, even brought it more clarity to it. It's I I think I don't know about you, but because I'm in this circle a lot, like some years past or we a few years ago, we have made this prophetic office to be something that you know is for some people and the people who are not in there um look down on themselves or feel like oh poor me, I can only just like prophesy but I cannot be that and and that's not really what it is to be honest it's like as we grow as you be you steward your assignment as you steward your journey your intimacy God will promote you and it's really not down to this is meant for some people and it's not meant for that people I really don't like you know us putting people down because they don't have that office or we make the office seem as if it's for some special people um it's really just about the responsibility of leadership your leadership capacity is going to increase like if i was just prophesying with the gift and now i'm stepping to the office it's going to require a different dimension of me it's going to require a different breath a different level of understanding it's going to i'm going to need to be doing a lot more i'm going to need to be an example now not just prophesying and so i'm going to need to you know different things are going to be required from you and that's the only distinction so it's not for us to make as if other people are lower than us or you know others can get it and the other people cannot it's really down to how we steward our private and our personal relationship with God and how we are saying yes to him and growing and understanding what it takes. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I always love it when people talk about, I guess, the the personal responsibility aspect of our faith as well. I think too often sometimes we can, you know, potentially become a Christian and it's like, well, okay, you know, now I get to take my hands off the wheel. It's all God. He just gets to do everything. And, you know, there there is that element of his spirit being in us and guiding us. Uh, but I think there's also a real partnership that is such a blessing to be able to, you know, to have us not just sit in the back seat while he fully drives, because that takes away a bit of our our free will and our ability to to choose to continue to follow God for us. And it's for us to take up our cross daily, not for Jesus to do it every day for us while we sit and, and laze around. So I love that there is that accountability or personal responsibility that we have to make sure that we are stewards of the gift that God has given us, that we are getting in the word, that we are worshiping, that we're praying, and then we get really just a partner with him in that. And I think it's such a joy as well, you know, I guess with any relationship, even when you think about the relationship that you might have with your boyfriend or girlfriend or or a husband, 
there's always going to be that that back and forth. There's getting to know each other in in that beautiful intimate way. There's you know you're spending time together. There's talking, and it's in that that is where we that is where we grow, and that is where we get to know the other person. So we can't expect to never spend any time with God, um, but then you know expect to know what what He's saying to us, what He's saying about our our life or all the thoughts that He has over us too. I think one thing that I it reminds me of is you know when you first start dating someone and you start to like pick up all of their little mannerisms or, or the way that they talk you start to to speak and act in that same way and you know it's so funny when you see that happen but I guess it it's just the same with our relationship with God as we grow closer to him and we cultivate that intimacy with Jesus we become more like him which is always going to be to be the goal and so tell me, I know you've written a book about the prophetic. So can you tell me a little bit about that? What started that journey? And yeah, how, how did you get into it? So I've been in the prophetic ministry for like a while now. And I've seen God does so much with the prophetic anointing and the prophetic ministry. I've seen healing. I've seen all kinds of breakthroughs, unbelievable things. And and they and they happen just so easily, and I've also seen so many people just being so hurt in the church and so wounded in the church. And I've seen communities, prophetic communities, be even at very high level become so toxic and so almost like poisoned, you know, by the enemy, and. I've been part of this, some of this, and I've been hurt by it, you know, myself. And also one of the things that moved me to write is I've seen so many people because I mentor people, I coach people to walk in the gift and walk in the office. And more, I also coach entrepreneurs. I've I've seen a lot of gifted people, like I start even in my introduction, that there are a lot of gifted people who know that God has placed them on earth, placed them in the church to make a difference, to be a force for God and force for good with this prophetic gift and this prophetic unction. But they are sitting and not moving and not doing anything. And so I was really moved because I've mentored a lot of people that I've seen go on to you know, build prophetic communities and step into businesses in different ways that is prophetic and they are using their creativity, creative gift that's also prophetic to do amazing things that's revealing Jesus in very different ways that I would not be able to do. And so I was really just moved. I said to God, how can I put all of what you've given me from my experience with you, my wisdom and what I've I've seen with mentoring people in a place where people can have in their hands and feel the anointing and feel that matching order and feel your presence pushing them and they get to believe in themselves and they also get to believe in you that you called them. And so from that place, I wrote this book this year and it's been such an amazing journey, one of the best things that I've done. 
Yeah. Wow. That is so beautiful. And I love so much about what you've spoken there with the prophetic. And this one will wrap up part one of this particular episode, but make sure you stay tuned for the episode next week where we're going to talk more about why the prophetic is is so important and also five key tips for getting into the prophetic or for people who are just beginning. So thank you everyone so much for tuning in to part one of the Intro to the Prophetic with Dillis Chi. My hope and prayer is that I will always be able to point you to Jesus and that you'll leave feeling encouraged, equipped, inspired, and ready to go out and be salt and light in this world. Don't forget to follow and leave a five-star review if you're enjoying this content. Keep your eyes peeled for part two and yeah, God bless you all and see you on the next one.